Welcome, everybody, to Yankee Chronicles Podcast. I'm Bobby Ryan. I'm here with Evan, and back with us is Rob. You can follow us on social media, on Twitter, at Yankee Chronicle. You can also find us on Facebook, at Yankee Chronicles. You can also follow us on our website, yankeechronicles.com. One of the things we started discussing is the lack of flow or just the dead air um, from baseball with the, uh, the off season. One of, you know, I think major league baseball really needs to reconfigure the timelines for the off season. What do you guys think about how the flow is going? Uh, bad. <laughs> um, I mean, the last few years we've been seeing really slow off seasons and this one, it makes more sense why it's going slow, but at the same time, if you just go back, just like I said, the last couple of years in baseball, even when we had Machado and Harper as the prime free agents, they weren't signing until late in the offseason. And if you look at other sports like the NFL, day one of free agency, there's signings left and right. NBA, it's almost like all the big names are usually gone within the first week. And we're still waiting for LeMahieu. We're waiting for Bauer. and It's, it's the same thing every year. It's rinse and repeat. Yeah. You know, what is the problem that they have because everybody takes so long because nobody wants to be that first one to make the deal. Well, now nobody's talking about baseball. You know, it's not in the headlines. You know, and that's why baseball loses viewership because they want, you know, that fast paced, even in the offseason, like you said, you know, in other sports, it's rapid. You know, and everything gets in order, and then they get going into the off season with training and and things in that aspect. Right. You know, I also think uh, the Yankees should have already had Lemayhew done, and I know it's you know we've been beating a dead horse every episode about it, but it's really you know, and that's baseball's fault that they don't give fans enough to talk about. Evan, do you, do you agree? I think there's a lot of issues. I think one of the issues is probably that baseball is a very individual sport. You have these players who they're going to make their money by themselves anyway, and you have a big roster. In basketball, you have all these superstars who talk months in advance, plan this thing together, and then get their agents and GMs to work out the deal so that they can play together. Why do you think LeBron James has played with pretty much half of his friends in the league? They don't do that in baseball. And I think the other issue is if you look at all the other off seasons in the other three sports, there's more structure to it. Baseball ends, they have, you know, the winter meetings and that's the official bell for fans really when, when the winter uh, starts, but we didn't have that this year because of COVID. So it's just kind of stagnant right now. There is no flow. And you have Manfred who constantly talks about how he wants to fix youth movement in the game and fix the fans that are watching it. Well, the fans that are watching it watch basketball because everything is so fast paced and it's exciting. As soon as the off season starts at midnight, there are deals that are announced and you know, the, the, the basketball league even moved that back earlier so that players didn't have to deal with staying up late. They had a whole thing about it. They announced it. They showed it on TV. 
and they gave something for the fans to get excited about for something to talk about. Well, we've been in the baseball offseason for, what, two, three months now, and we've had nothing to talk about except the Josh Bell trade. Yeah. You know, and you brought up the Josh Bell trade. Now, he was somebody that we said would really fit for that first base if they needed to move Voight in a trade. How does this change the aspect of Voight's future with the Yankees? Does this kind of almost almost guarantee that he's back with us, or is there still somebody that he could be moved for? Um, I'll answer this real quick. I don't think there is um, any guarantees for this team. I think Cashman's going to do what's best for it. I don't think Bell was the only option, so it probably doesn't eliminate it that much. Um, I think the goal is to fix our infield defensively. So if you can find a better uh, first baseman out there defensively, then maybe you do it. I think the backup plan, though, is if we lose DJ – is to get someone like Didi back or Simmons to play shortstop and you'll move Torres back to second. I think that's the best-case scenario. It's not what we want, but it's not a horrible option. Didi would be a good fit back with us. Yeah, and I don't think it would – you know, sometimes you don't like to get back with that X. You know? But I think Didi is one of those former players that it would be like he never left, like when Pennant retired. You know, and I know Didi and Pettit are two different caliber players. You know, that, let's let's be fair to that. But I think Didi is in that window where it would be, you know, open arms with the fans and, and the media, and it would be a really smooth return to the Bronx. Yeah, and it also will give time because next year's off season is going to have a plethora of shortstops. You know, so maybe the Yankees don't need to fix everything this year. You know, they can put a they can put a bandaid on it with quality players until the next free agent class. Yeah, what do you think? I, I can definitely see that. That's why, like, you know, I've kind of been thinking to myself because there's nothing to talk about when it comes to baseball right now. Like, almost a disaster plan if you don't get Lemayhew back, and I. I, for one, am a good I'm a fan of the Simmons deal. If we can get him, I would take Didi back in a heartbeat. I think there are a lot of things you can do to replace LeMahieu. Obviously not going to get the same production, but um, we know what Didi can do in this ballpark. Simmons is a very underrated player, in my opinion. So there are options out there if you have to replace Yeah, and Didi fits into the Yankee mold. You know, solid defense – you know, lefty bat, you know, he's, he makes good contact, and he's good for the clubhouse, you know. So, you know, I'm sure that every fan would, would enjoy going back to seeing, you know, the post-game tweets. You know, that, that was a lot of fun for a lot of people. You know, I enjoyed it, you know, with all the emojis and trying to decipher who he was talking about. It was fun. Right. So, I, and I think that's the part of the game that, the Yankees need to really focus on is just lightening it up, you know, because we're all stressed out about the drought. Well, for the Yankee drought for the world series. And I think that would be kind of the Yankees way of giving us a little distraction, you know, and um, I don't think that's the worst case scenario is bringing, you know, DD on a one year, if he's willing to take a one year deal. He might not have a choice. I think a lot of these players won't have a choice going into the season. If you look at 
the fact that no one signed, what is someone like Paxton going to be able to take? He's going to have to take something low. You know, we were saying one year, 12 million before. He's probably going to get closer to one year, eight. I was going to say that number's dropping the longer it goes. Yeah, that's why they didn't give him the qualifying offer because they yeah. knew he'd for sure take it like strong. Uh, yeah, heart in the heartbeat. You know, I, I was actually surprised when you're looking in hindsight with the way that, you know, everybody, it was no secret that there were going to be financial concerns this offseason with contracts. I was very – the more I thought about it, the more it shocked me that LeMahieu didn't jump on a qualifying offer. Yeah. I mean, he's probably one of the few players that could say he would get more no matter what. I mean, I mean I'm sure there's a team out there, if it's not the Yankees, that are going to give him the five-year deal that he wants because he's so good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought we were going to see a lot more qualifying offers accepted than we did. Yeah. Uh, you know, there were only the only one that took it was Strowman, and I was glad that he took it. You know, was, after his little temper tantrum, you know what? Good riddance. We don't even. We're not even gonna. You know, I don't even want to give him airtime. Because you know, he's he just annoys me. Strowman shouldn't have gotten that contract. I can't believe they even offered it to him. He yeah. he he gave up on the team last year. Why would you want someone like that in the locker room? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, oh, this team sucks, so I'm just going to leave uh, and say that it's because I don't want to get sick. Bullshit, dude. You didn't want to pitch. Yeah. He wanted to play in New York, and he went on – you know, he did not want to play in in Queens. He wanted to play in the Bronx. Well, you know what? With that attitude, you wouldn't survive a month in New York with that fan base. They'd tear you to shreds. They're tearing, they're tearing you to shreds. You're not even on their team. <clears throat> We ran Sonny Gray out of town, and that is a quiet guy who says nothing. Yeah. Strowman would be bitching <laughs> back and forth with us for months, and it would be exhausting, and they would get rid of him on that principle. Like, oh, I, I hate Strowman. He's probably my least favorite pitcher in the whole uh, – David Price is the other one. Yeah, he kind of – yeah, he's another. Actually, and, uh, I don't – well, Verlander was always that guy that just – I hate looking at him. Yep, hate him too. Yeah, you know, it's uh, just that it's one thing to be confident, but it's another thing when you come off as just you're just arrogant. Yeah, the whole thing no, with like the, never it's never his fault. Yeah, when it's never your fault that something went wrong, that's a problem. That's not a, to me. That's not how you. That's not how you play with a team. Right. You know? I don't want to be a jerk, but I also hate his wife. She's really annoying. I don't <laughs> like when these stupid players have these supermodel wives that have to say shit all the time. First off, she wears a different hat of a different baseball team and has a picture with a different baseball player like once a week. Okay, so that's annoying. And second, why can't you just shut up and, and be the supportive wife? Like if I had a supermodel wife, I wouldn't be going to her pageant and walking on the runway and be like, oh. I don't like how she's doing it here. I don't like – just shut yeah. up. <laughs> so, <laughs> one thing, it's either going to come off as logic, you know, a little bit of logic also might come off as ridiculous. But to go back to how we could – you know, how baseball can improve the offseason, I think they should have – where we always say there's, you know, your tier one free agent, tier two. You know, I think they need to put together a system where 
there are deadlines for signings where by the by the end of the winter meeting you have to have your 40 man roster set uh, that could work i think um the winter meetings usually end around like the middle of december right yeah around you know and then you have second week yeah, yeah. and i don't think that's being unfair i just don't know how it would work logistically but we have nothing to talk about, so all we do is we're stuck with our thoughts. And sometimes your, your mind just starts to wander. And that was something I came, you know, I was talking about with, with my, my son last night when he was over for the holiday. When, you know, and maybe have where by pitches and catchers, you have to have, or by pitches and catches, you have to have your, your rotation. Like set deadlines. You know, uh, I mean, if we're talking about the off season in general, they can try to follow a model similar to what the NBA has. You know, maybe they have that moratorium period before free agency officially starts, where you can kind of have that legal tampering, so to speak. Um, but I mean, other because it's just so slow moving. I don't just don't know what it is. Like every year, it just gets duller and duller and we're not getting big signings until january i mean even cole last year wasn't signed until yeah. december so you know you, guess, got, you have you have those players on the on the cold plateau where you know he's gonna gel with everybody you know he's just got that personality you know but you might have a player like say you know with merrifield is you know gets moved to the team hey yes yeah with, with merrifield <laughs> I woke you up, Bev. <laughs> you, you know, give him time to build a camaraderie with the team. You know, instead right. of this, you know, three, two weeks into spring training, these guys are still filtering in and expecting to, everything to just click. You know, I think that would help also. And not just for the Yankees, but in baseball in general, in any team. You know, it's a, very, it's a team sport. You need camaraderie. And the longer the, the, the longer the wait period for these signings and the, all these moves, then you know the harder it is for people to gel together. I, I think it almost shows though how the teams have so much more power than the players in these negotiation yeah. process. Because if you look at how slow Harper and Machado was, it was slow because they were looking for their teams. And their teams were like, we're not paying you that. Go find someone to pay you that. So they found the White Sox. And it's like, I don't want to go play for the White Sox. Okay, go play for San Diego then. They didn't have the choice, and that's why it lasted that long. If the Yankees were in it, are you kidding me? It would have been done the first week of the offseason if George Steinbrenner was alive and really wanted Machado. It would have been done. But, but these big teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Cubs, whoever else you want to put up there – they hold the market. The market runs through them. That's why Cashman always has a good idea of how the market is flowing because everyone's going to call and check in on him anyway because they know uh, Yankees have more dollars. If we can convince them to throw another 10 on the table, we'll take it. Yep. Now, as far as with the New York market, uh, there was a, you know, it started circulating now because people get bored and they need stuff to write about just the way we need stuff to talk about. 
do you feel do, do you think there's any validity to the rumor that um Steve Cohen is reaching out to LeMahieu's camp? Yes. I think he's willing to spend money. Um I I would hope for even though I can't stand the Mets, I would hope for their fans' sake that he's not doing this just for show. You know, that he wants to make that team good because as much as I hate that team, they're, you know, the New York rival. I get, I get along with Mets fans. I get into some arguments with Mets fans, but um, things are always better when both teams are competitive. So yeah. um, I would hope for their sake that he's able – not LeMahieu, I don't want him going there – but that he's able to add these big players that they're trying to get. Like if they got Springer and even if they got Bauer, I think that'd be good for them and their fans to get excited. Yeah, I think Spring is that one player they need to focus on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Their outfield is so weak. I mean, they they gave that ridiculous deal to Cespedes, and he yeah. gave up on them too, and gets injured every five minutes. And then you have a player like Springer, who I can't stand. Springer, I think he's an idiot, but at least he stays healthy and he's consistent and a monster in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. last year it was ridiculous, and that wasn't even the best time he's had in the playoffs. Oh, no, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, even in um, his first statistical postseason, he still carried the team. Right. Yeah, I, 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 one thing you look at though is the fact that they they jumped on James McCann really quick in the off season. I think it's a good move, but if that's an indication that they're going to spend less money, you might be worried. I don't think it is. I think it's an indication that they didn't want to go for two hundred million dollars with one player and JT Realmuto, who I think is not going to get a big deal now um, because no. they're really – you know, everyone wants a catcher, but I don't think people are going to be ever but, willing yeah, to spend yeah, 200 on a himself. Yeah. So nobody's even I, – I, I mean, teams are going to talk to, the, to, to you know, Realmuto's camp. You know, that would be negligent not to. But – they're already going – now all the GMs are already on the defensive because they know he's looking for this big deal, and he's not going to budge until he has to. So right. if I was a GM, I wouldn't even call him. Like, you know, I agree. You know, if you're going to outprice yourself for this offseason, you're out of luck. Well, And here's the question I have for both of you. Would you consider Real Miyuto the best player on the market? No. no. Exactly. He wants the most money. No, the best player on the market right now is LeMayhew. Yeah, exactly. And, and, he's, and not, one, he's not uh, even going to get close to $200 million. And 1B would be Springer. And then Bauer. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think JT is 4 Everything or 5. Everything that is just kind of, you know, that quality plays are on the market. Not, you know, but those are the three that can go on a team right now and make an impact. Absolutely. So those are the guys that, and that's what justifies LeMayu holding out for that fifth year because he is in that top tier. Yeah, and I also think he's he's holding out a bit because when he signed with us the first time, he lost all of his market because of who he was going up against. He's not going up against anyone this time. Like you said, he's probably the best free agent on the market. So yeah. if that's the case – you know, you're not going to balk on the fact that you could probably get close to $100 million. If you're him, you need to take that. Right. Yeah, he wants – what does he want, 125? I mean, he, it might be if he has – if they have to give him that fifth year, I still say give it to him. 
Yeah. Does he want 25 a year? Maybe they cut it down slightly on the yearly salary. They might have to do something like that. But so I, I'm, I'm going to hold steady then. I think with that, you know, get that, give him that 50 years the player option. Yeah. I th- you know, and that's an everybody win situation. You know, Cashman could say he didn't fold and, you know, he didn't fold, you know, fold his cards and give him whatever he wanted. And LeMahieu can get that, can have, you know, because he's going to take the fifth year. You know, we already established that. Yeah. Uh, and this way, everybody feels like they beat the other guy. And it's the fans that win overall. Well, that I mean, that's what it should be. It should be like a four-year, $90 million deal with the fifth-year option to bring it to like 110, 115 tops. I think that's something, you know. Well, even the, you know, the four years at 20, and then, uh, you know, the, the fifth year at 25. Yeah. You know, because yeah. originally it was five years, 100, uh, five, f- yeah, five years, 100 million. You know, that's, that's reasonable. You know, it's, he's not breaking the bank you know, and he's worth the money. He's right. Yeah. And, and I would give him the full no trade clause. I just, there's no reason not to just give it to yeah. him. Yeah. You know what you're getting with him. Like, he, it's not like, well, he might have an off year. If you look at his stats. No, but exactly. He hasn't had it down yet. There was all his that worst year, about. he almost hit 300. He was like 286 <laughs> yeah. or something. It was his there was all that year. talk about him leaving Coors Field, like, oh, he can't hit outside, and he's done nothing but hit. So you yeah. know what you're getting out of him. He's the one player that I would say was coming going into free agency, that a former Yankee, that you give him whatever he wants. Like, yeah. Yeah, and doesn't that Coors Field nonsense kind of piss you off? It's so irrelevant. It's like it will if you're a home run hitter, maybe it'll give you an extra ten on the season. But like, come on, if you're a contact hitter, you can hit anywhere. You can hit in a little league park for God's sakes. No one gives a shit. You're a contact hitter. That's what you do. And DJ Derek Jeter, all those guys. That's what they do. Derek Jeter was not a home run hitter just because he hit twenty in the season. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But you know, it's I just I just one thing I just want things to stop moving is it's getting aggravating, <laughs> and it's it it really sucks that the day after Christmas we're venting, you know, yeah. and that's baseball's fault. Baseball yeah. did this to us. When now we're in, you know we were being patient, you know, letting see where the market was going to go, but the market's not moving. So I don't think really needs to wake up and figure out. How not to piss us off because we <laughs> are their income. You look at what's going on, like obviously what's going on in the world, but they're talking about possibly delaying the season again. So, like, I, I don't blame the players for not signing. You know, like, I want the Yankees to get LeMahieu. I want something to talk about. But if the season's going to get delayed again, why would these players rush to sign if they're going to have to take another prorated salary that's less than what they think they're going to be making a year? So MLB needs to get off their ass and figure out how to get it done, just like every other sport did. And yeah. baseball has as much, probably the most off, you know, time in the off season to get things coordinated. Mm-hmm. So they really need to get their head out of their ass and get this season off. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's the least contact sport, and yet they're talking about delaying it. It's because the owners want people in the crowd. I get it. You know, obviously, then you put sense. it out. You put you put a cap on the capacity. That's all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like it's every other sport. They just don't want to do it. 
know, it, it's yeah, you want a you, you want a full you know a, a full stadium on TV. Everybody knows what is going on, so knock it off. Put it at a cat where if your stadium could fit fifty, you allow twenty five, and you spread them out, just like every other place. You know, if if Joe's little supermart can figure out how to sep- you know keep people separate by six feet, these geniuses at baseball should be able to figure it out themselves. You know, th- these are not stupid people, but they're looking really dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. And wouldn't you also think that it's more dangerous at a closed arena to be sitting next to each other or whatever than it would be at, say, a football or or baseball stadium that are pretty much open? I mean, they say that we got to keep the windows open and keep the air ventilating all the time. So there you go. That's one thing where it should be a little bit easier for a baseball park than a basketball stadium. Right. It's – I, I just can't wrap my head around why how they can't they can't get out of their own way. It's yeah. really it's it's Bad. aggravating, you know. And I don't get aggravated often. You know, <laughs> very I'm very patient when it comes to baseball because I'm not a rookie. I know the, the off season it's it's really a wait and see. And right. You just hope you you cross your fingers by spring training. There's a team assembled that's put together that can deliver you a championship. You know, and it's not just about making a postseason. I'm tired of just making, you know, being happy with making a postseason. I want want that championship again. We haven't even been to the World Series in a while. I was in high school when the Yankees last made the World Series. Yeah, see, that's unacceptable. Like, that's not okay to say (laughs) I was in college. Like, it's it sucks. Yeah, it does. You know, I, I just started my job and, you know, and I worked at night. You know, my, my poor wife, she was texting me updates, and, you know, as the games were going on, she's texting me play by play. You know, and I think that was, I mean, I, I, I'm, I still thank her for that. <laughs> you know, because I was still able to enjoy in the moment of what was going on and then I'd go home and watch the recap. You yeah. know, but, I, I'm I'm tired of waiting. I'm really tired. You know, there's a whole generation of, of baseball fans and Yankee fans that want to know what what it is that we talk. You know, why do we hold this championship with such prestige? Because we're the Yankees. We win. Yep. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter, it, it, it doesn't matter what team you assemble, whether you're the Dodgers. You know, even the Dodgers. It took them a while to finally get over that hurdle. Right. But, but having to this is this is this is the Yankees. We set the pres, we set the tone, and we don't set the tone anymore. We penny. But penny. That's that's the problem. Having to explain your prestige to other people shows that you have a lack of prestige, and it sucks because if you haven't done anything in ten years, a ten-year-old right now doesn't know what the Yankees were when we won the World Series. Yeah. That's not a good thing, and I think it's frustrating, especially for, you know, the three of us who basically had George Steinbrenner uh, for a couple decades. At least I did. I know you did. Um, to, to go from him to now being a financially-minded team was really hard for someone like me to do. 
because when we got Jason Giambi, it was like, okay, that's how we're going to do it every offseason. And I was young at the time when we got yeah. Giambi. So it was like, oh, shit, we got money and we're going. <laughs> that was fun for a child. That We don't have that anymore. And so a child's going to get bored and be like, okay, uh, whatever. You know, like the offseason used to be Yankees and everyone else. And yeah, that's not yeah. the case anymore. We're so equal to everyone else now when it comes to getting free. We almost lost Garrett Cole, for God's sakes. That would not have happened with George Steinbrenner. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it was. The, the offseason for the 29 other teams was, how are we going to beat this team? How are we going to be better than the Yankees? Right. Now the Yankees are, put, now the, now the Yankees are chasing other teams. Stop. In the division. And, yeah. Stop trying to be Tampa. You're not going to be Tampa. Like they used, they used you know, to be. Tampa yeah. runs their team their way. You know, Dodgers, you know, they, they run their team their way. You know, Boston does it. The Yankees need to go back to Yankees and just, we're going to be the best no matter what. It's not even that they have to spend all this money. They just have to spend wisely. You know, yeah. they don't have to go throwing – 300 million at every pitcher that hits the market you know that's not gonna it's gonna help you win but we've seen before that it doesn't help you necessarily win every year look at back when we signed Sabathia and Burnett and Teixeira I was still in high school and I was going crazy when we got Teixeira because I was already happy about CC and AJ and then I see we get the hitter that was available I went nuts I literally jumped out of my chair when I was home and I started running around I was so happy but we won one world series (laughs) That, that we won one World Series in that time frame. And then and it was the, early in the, in the time. It was yet. the first year. It was the first yep. year. Yeah. The, the, the Mark Teixeira signing w- was one of the best in my life. Because I remember when I got on the airplane, he was heading to Boston. When I got off the airplane, I turned on my cell phone and he was a New York Yankee. It was a three-hour time. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. No, the – Teixeira was that one player that offseason I was stoked for. You know, I always liked Teixeira. You know, he kind of got a, you know, bad rap at the end of his career. Yeah. But he was he was a solid player. Yeah. I mean, he has some issues staying healthy and he talks a lot. So he's very annoying for us yeah. Yankees fans, especially <laughs> when he says things that are not flattering to the Yankees. But it's like he works in the media, guys. Now he's not a Yankee yeah. anymore, so like he has to say non-biased things. Unlike that dickhead A Rod, hate A Rod. <laughs> oh, I can go on for hours. I just, if I could say something real quick, do uh, it, man. Villain, right? We hated it. Like, well, not everybody. We didn't hate him, but especially in that time with the whole, you know, the the cheating came out about him, and. People were like half booing him, half cheering him when he came back, and now it's like everybody misses him when he, you know, after he retired. I'm like, I'm like, good riddance. I was happy that he won a World Series with us. He was a huge reason, probably the reason why we won that year. Yep. But in every other year, he failed, you know. And you hear, I hear, just I compare it to Stanton. Everybody craps on Stanton. Yeah because he has an injury or something, but they praise Alex Rodriguez like he wasn't here for, what was it, 11, 12 years or whatever it was, maybe even more, I forget. 
but yeah, it was like thirteen years. <laughs> yeah, and he did one one really good postseason, and a bunch of cheating and a bunch of off the field issues. Yet he's he's like praised by the fans after he's retired. But John Carlos Stanton gets hurt, you know, running the bases, or he has a a bad day at the plate, and it's like, oh, this guy's the worst. Forgetting yeah, that, yeah, it makes no sense. Because yeah, huge and the other thing that. The one thing I'll give Stanton credit for is because he's not A-Rod, he's not boisterous. You know, he's not pumping his chest out. He's just – he's just conti- he continues to work to either get healthy or when he's with the team, he's working to produce. Right. And as frustrating as it is because of – and it's all because of the money. If he was making – if he wasn't making the money he is, if he didn't have this contract, I don't think we would be as hard on him as we are. You know, as fans, you know, not, in the beginning, I'm like, all right, you know, you went from Miami to New York, you know, to the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Okay, how professional you are, how talented you are, that is a culture shock. Yeah. Now, I don't think and he was prepared for it. Another thing. But like, he, if, never, he never lashed back with the media. He just stood right. there and took it. If you look back at his career – Everyone can, Everyone wants him to repeat 2017. It's not going to happen no. every year. If you look back at all of his stats before that season, 2018 was right on par with what he usually does. In fact, that was his second best year. And he played 100%. hurt. He played hurt. And if not for him, we, don't, we probably don't win a lot of the games we won that year. He carried that team with Andrew Hart in 2018. Yeah. People forget it. And unfortunately, he's been hurt the last two years, but it's like, if he if he stays healthy this year, hopefully, and has a season similar to 2018, are people going to crap on him because he struck out a bunch? Probably. That's just how the fans can be sometimes. Yeah, which, which, which is unfair because if you look at the monster uh, playoffs he had last year, it's better than the entire Yankee career of A-Rod in yeah. the play, playoffs. Yeah, I mean, A-Rod hit – 142 one of the playoffs for us okay and that was multiple rounds I, I don't understand why people praise him so much he was a dirty player he slapped the glove in Boston like those yeah. are not things that you can stand by as a pure baseball fan and say oh no that's okay he's just being A-Rod no I don't I don't like any of that shit the one and, little the one little so move he made that really I was like what is this guy's problem like <laughs> that in your own, you know, in love with your own self, when he ran across the mound, in oh, front was of the, that him? the pitcher on the against mound. Dallas Braden and Dallas. That Braden was a shit. Remember when he ran? Oh, when he uh, <laughs> was rounding third, he screamed, "I got it!" to make the other team drop it, something like that. Yep, he did yeah. that Talk too. About rules, See, that no, but that was I that I, that one I didn't mind. That was funny. It was, but that's the fun part of the game that when they do it, we were like, well, oh no, the, you know, you're really not supposed to do that, but it's still the, that's the fun part of it. Yeah. But if you go back and people were like, it was back just, then, yeah. that's funny. But then you got people yelling. I've talked about this before about Tatis. That still annoys yeah. me. But that, that'll always annoy me that people were angry. His own manager. Yeah. It's it's the dumbest thing. You think a bat flip is worse than what A-Rod did with the glove flap? Not at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> not even close, guys. The the most the most frustrating bat flip had to be Bautista. Bautista. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I love though when Bautista and Odor got in a fist fight. Oh, oh that was the best. He'll forever be one of my favorites because of that. Because Bautista used to kill us. <laughs> yep. Just uh, seeing him. Uh, that was that was a great day. Yeah, but door fight. Bautista was it. It wasn't entertaining. It was just annoying. You know. But the guy, he, you know, he backed up all his, you know, his actions. You know, he really Especially against us. tortured us. You know, so it's kind of, ah, you know, you just don't want to look at him. You know, and it's not because he's going to do something stupid or, you know, flip his bat up to the, to the upper deck. It was just because you knew he was going to make contact with the ball. Yeah. It's like when, you used to fle- when we used to face Ortiz. Like, yeah. I respect Hell out of him, but I hate him too. I hated going against him. See the, the one, the, the one Red Sox player I, I I always enjoyed watching was Dustin Pedroia. I, I for some reason I just thought he was just such, was just a good ball player, you know, and really embraced it. He embraced rivalry. He he had a lot of fun with it, you know. And he produced. He was another guy I, I, I actually enjoyed watching play the game. Tim Wakefield and Jason Veritek are the only two Red Sox I'll ever respect. The rest of them, fuck you. <laughs> Veritek, I'll never – oh, man. Uh, he, he couldn't even take his helmet off. You know, you, you fight with your helmet, come on. He probably shouldn't have picked a fight with the guy that was wearing the mask in the, to begin with. Like, <laughs> if Veritek is going like this, A Rod's probably going to take a cheap shot anyway. So, Veritek <laughs> took a shot. Let's be honest. A Rod's taking that cheap shot first. So, Veritek said, let me get it over with. And 100%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> All right. Well, listen, I hope everybody enjoyed their, uh, their holiday season. Uh, We'll be talking again, hopefully, before the new year. Um, so, Evan, enjoy your day. Thank uh, you. Thank you. you know, Quick shout-out to my wife. It's her birthday. Uh, she's sleeping right now. But uh, <laughs> later we might go do something. Who knows? Well, happy birthday to your wife. Thank you. Thank you. And also, before, you sign off, before we sign off, let's just give a special mention to um, DocAdamsBaseball.org. Um, the link will be in the description. So uh, click on that. There is a petition that can help him get uh, – that's going to that – we're trying to help him get elected to the Hall of Fame on the veterans. Um, the link is – you know, the petition is completely safe. No information will be shared. It, just, just give them a uh, – check out their site uh, and also learn a little bit about the game. So on behalf of everybody, YankeeChronicles.com, I want to wish everybody a safe weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Have a good night. Peace, guys.